Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 non-stop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Welcome to Tropicana Field here in St. Petersburg, Florida, where the athletics are getting ready to start a three-game set against the Tampa Bay Rays. This is a big-boy matchup as the Rays are now tied for first place in the AL East at 40-24, and while the Athletics getting the win yesterday, splitting the series that they had with the Texas Rangers, and the A's find themselves at 33-33. and We got a great show for you today. Cliff Floyd, former Ray and also MLB Network. A lot to get into with him today. He's going to join us coming up here at 2.30. And we'll talk all things baseball with Cliff Floyd. He's one of my favorite analysts on the MLB Network. And then from the Tampa Bay Times, Mark Tompkin will stop by here in the radio booth as we will get you ready for a little Rays and A's. But how do we start this thing today? Well, we're going to start it with the news That has come out of the Dominican Republic and the news is pretty shocking. And I can tell you yesterday being in the A's clubhouse when all of a sudden, because the clubhouse is different now years ago inside the clubhouse, it was always on ESPN or maybe a news channel. Now it's always on the MLB network. And all of a sudden, once the reports that David Ortiz has been shot in his native land of the Dominican Republic, because he splits time between DR and Boston I mean, it's hard to believe. It's like, oh, my God. And then there's all these rumors coming out of what actually happened. And, you know, they thought it was a robbery. They said it was he was shot in the leg. And then now we realize he was shot in the midsection. And there's so many things going on. There's news that the Boston Red Sox have sent a, their private plane down to get Big Poppy and that he is going to be released and they are going to fly him back to Boston so he can get better better medical care, that he has suffered damage to his liver, his colon, his gallbladder. And then there's even more news that's come out today on Hardball Talk. I want to be very sensitive to this. Now, this is a this is obviously Hardball Talk is put on by NBC Sports. So it's not like I'm getting this off Twitter or I'm getting this from random sources. This is coming from NBC Sports Hard Talk, Hardball. Um, and it's it's kind of disturbing. And I hope I hope Hardball Talk has this right, but we're gonna go with it. There is a report now that David Ortiz was shot. I'll just read it to you. The Daily Mail, citing three sources with Dominican Republic law enforcement, is reporting that Ortiz was shot by gunmen, there was two of them, hired by a drug lord who thought Ortiz was, who thought Ortiz was having an affair with his wife. 
a representative of Ortiz said, there is no doubt that it was an act of hired killers. This is coming from Hardball Talk. Take it for what it is. But David Ortiz has been shot. We know that. He's intensive care, but he's in stable condition. They believe he'll make a full recovery. The Boston Red Sox are going to try and get him to Boston, which has some of the best medical, whether it's he's going to go over to Harvard or wherever he's going to go. He's going to get some of the best possible medical attention that he can get. And this is scary when, you know, if you're talking about a robbery, we know the players from Latin America who have made millions upon millions of dollars that their homes, I mean, it happens here too. I mean, remember when Puig was being harassed in Southern California, his house was robbed multiple times. That is the tough thing about these guys and how much money they make. They become targets. They become very easy targets. Because a lot of these guys, they don't have the major security around them that a lot of like billionaires do. And this is the thing that I've talked about multiple times when we're, we're talking about the amount of money that these guys make and how their lives change. And not every guy ends up being all that comfortable with the amount of money that they sign for because it is so public. Everybody knows that Mike Trout's making 430-something million. You know, everybody knows that Bryce Harper's 330. Everybody knows that Machado's 300. And I can tell you the security around these teams, and Big Poppy's not a player anymore. He's a retired guy. But we walked out of the hotel right now today. We walk right out. I mean, there's no security. We get on a bus, we, we show up, and we're going to come back to the hotel, and we're going to get out of the bus and walk into the hotel. I mean, it's far different from the NFL. I can tell you as traveling with the NFL, they have to have major security around their teams. In the NFL, everybody has a police escort everywhere they go, from the airport to the hotel, from the hotel to the stadium, from the stadium back to the plane. And there's security on the floors that the NFL teams stay. They try and bubble wrap. They try to uh, bubble wrap these guys. And there's security around the NFL team. And it's all 30 teams are like that. It's not, it's not how, you know, one team's different. All 32 teams have security teams that travel. Ex-police officers or current police officers are traveling with around the team. But once you become somebody who's famous and you become somebody who has a lot of money and people know about it, unfortunately, you become the target. But in this, we're not hearing that it's a target if hardball talk is right. This is the work of hired gunmen. And I can tell you, we just recently watched on the way home from the last road trip, if any of you watched Narcos on Netflix, which was about Pablo Escobar, who at one point was the most powerful drug lord that this planet had ever seen. And they did a Netflix reenactment of that. And then they did a couple seasons after that with the Cali cartel and then the Mexican cartels. But recently Netflix, and Vince and I watched it, Vince Catroni on the way home, was kind of like a real-life narcos. And it just goes to show in certain parts of the country, you just, it, it is... It's, it's a wild, wild west. And there's hired gunmen. These cartels have hired gunmen of all ages, uh, you know, and it's very scary because these gunmen, I mean, that's their job. And how they stay alive is they are hired killers for the drug cartels. And if this is something that happened to Big Poppy, wow. Jeff Passan from ESPN was on Get Up earlier this morning, and this is what he had to say about Big Poppy being shot. What can you share with us now as far as what we know, if anything, about motive or what the police believe happened here? Well, Greeny, 25-year-old Eddie Feliz Garcia was arrested in connection with the shooting. Police do not know the motive at this point. Initially, it was believed to be a robbery, but clearly from the surveillance video, that was not the case. And considering the response by people on the ground, you see just how beloved David Ortiz is in the Dominican Republic. He is 
an absolute god there and and the number of people throughout baseball and really throughout the country praying for him at this point is is manifold i mean he's he's a guy who in both countries uh is seen as a hero yeah could you expand on that a little bit because i'm sure our audience here understands the impact that he made in major league baseball and the impact that he made in the community in boston but can you share a little for those who don't fully understand the magnitude of his stardom in the dominican republic Hey, Greeny. I think we know what a transformative figure David Ortiz is, considering the fact that after the Boston bombing, he was the player who gave the speech at Fenway Park about the city sticking together. In the Dominican Republic, he might be even more of a god. Baseball is absolutely life there, and David Ortiz is the biggest figure to come from Dominican baseball, perhaps ever, right up there with Juan Marichal and Pedro Martinez as well. We've seen a tweet from Pedro about his brother getting better and how he looks forward to it. And that's the sentiment, Greeny, throughout all of baseball, throughout Boston, throughout the Dominican Republic, really throughout the world. This is an athlete who transcends culture, who transcends uh, the game that he plays, and, and who really is beloved by everyone, which is why this has come as such a shock to people who have seen it. There's no question. Everything he said was dead on. Everybody in the game loves this guy. Everybody loves this guy. Anybody that you've ever met who played with him. I remember talking to Josh Reddick about him, saying Big Poppy is salt of the earth. They all love him. The Dominican Republic, the, the Dominican Republic, when players go back, you think of guys like Pedro Martinez, any of these guys that go back, they're so they're beloved, just like what we saw in Japan with Ichiro. They're national heroes. That's why it's so shocking to think that somebody would shoot Big Poppy, trying to rob Big Poppy. As it's also being reported that the the crowd, this Feliz Garcia, the crowd attacked him. For shooting Big Poppy and handing him over to the police. Well, and this thing is going to play out. There's no question about it. But if Hardball Talk is correct, and what they are reporting, that these were hired killers by the drug cartel. Now, if a woman was involved, a wife of one of the drug cartels, leaders was involved with Big Poppy, I. I this will play out, but this is really, really scary stuff. And we want to play for you because that Boston Marathon, the bombings, how scary that was, how sad that was, how tragic that was. That's where we got Boston strong. And if you forget Big Poppy stepping up in front of Fenway Park, it was truly a great speech. All right. All right, Boston. This jersey that we wear today, it doesn't say Red Sox. It say Boston. We wanna thank you, Mayor Menino, Governor Patrick, the whole police department for the great job that they did this past week. This is our city. And nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Thank you. Big Poppy talking to the Fenway faithful after they were trying to recover, and it was a scary situation. And you think of the how, how iconic the Boston Marathon is, not only around the country, but to that region. And to think people would do these types of things is absolutely disgusting. So our thoughts and prayers go out to David Ortiz. And hopefully what we are hearing is that he is in stable condition. And at some point, whether it's going to be later today, it's going to be tomorrow, we'll get update. We'll, we'll know more when he gets here as the Red Sox have sent their plane, one of their private planes, to pick him up and bring him back to the States and bring him back to Boston and get him the best possible medical care that you can get. Up next, we've seen some ridiculousness in Major League Baseball. When is it going to stop? We talked about it on the broadcast, on the A's broadcast. We, we saw two instances, one with the A's and one with the Giants, and both were absolutely ridiculous.
We'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites, plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. If you love chicken pies and a dynamic menu, then you're going to love the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. You have to try their world-famous chicken pie dinner, which has been served in Southern California for 80 years. That's the Chicken Pie Shop right off Main Street in downtown Walnut Creek, located at 1251 Arroyo Way. Parking's easy, perfect for events, daily drink and food specials, and best of all, great food. Check out their menu at chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com, right off Main Street, Walnut Creek. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Two different home runs that were upsetting people over the weekend. One by Max Muncie and one by Mark Canna. Let's hear, let's first hear the home run by Mark Canna in Texas. The 0-1 pitch. Fastball hit high into left field, and this is a no-doubter. It is gone. Mark Canna, his 10th home run of the season. So that's Mark Canna. Now this one was a bomb. Max Muncy at Oracle Park. And Muncy hammers one to right field. This ball headed over the landing and into McCovey Cove for a home run. Max Muncy with his 13th home run of the season. It is 1-0 Dodgers. And Bumgarner was stalking Muncie going to first and towards second. Home plate umpire Will Little had to come back. Muncie peeked over the left shoulder. Bumgarner threw it. Muncie hit it. And Muncie's letting him know about it. So here you have two pitchers, Adrian Sampson and Madison Bumgarner. Both these guys hit the home run. I mean, it's almost identical. Both these guys hit the home run, looked at it for a second, dropped their bats, took a couple steps, and started running. No major backflip, no turning around and throwing it to the dugout, no flipping the bat up, no, no nothing. Simply hit it, look at it, take two steps, drop the bat, and go. And then you have two pitchers who are upset by this. And this is, this is the problem that I have, right? 
when can you, when can't you, who's cool with it, who's not, and that's the problem. Fans want to see it. But you have these pitchers that are are just, they're so hurt if you don't just hit it and start running around the bases as fast as you can like Adam Rosales. I thought Max Muncy had such a great quote after the game as he was talking to Dodger Television. They were interviewing him. Here's what he had to say about Madison Bumgarner stalking him. Well, he, uh, you know, I hit the ball and then he yelled at me. He said, don't watch the ball, you run. Um, and I just responded back, uh, you know, if you, want, if you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. <laughs> Did you uh, like the fact that you are now the next chapter in this Giants-Dodgers rivalry? And I believe that you did ask him to run the bases with you, no? Uh, uh, you know, he just he kept mouthing off. I told him to come, you know, come get it. But, uh, um, you know, he's competitor. He was just fired up about it. Uh, um, you know, I don't. I definitely hope this doesn't turn into a Puig thing because I don't want that on my shoulders. But uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, just him competing out there, and uh, um, you know, he's upset he made a bad pitch, and, um, and that's all there was to it. Yeah, go get it out of the ocean. I love that. And then, of course, bitter giant fan. It's not the ocean. It's the bay. It's salt water. Stop it. It's coming in from the ocean. It was a great quote. Everybody wants to defend Mad Bum. This act is so tired. And then to have the former Giants start getting on Twitter saying, oh, you don't want any of Mad Bum. He would go out. Hey, I'm Mad Bum may be the tough guy that everybody says he is, like Jeremy Affeld. I think at, so he does, at Max Muncy 9, might not want to ask Bum to come get him. I'm pretty sure it would, it would be a bad ending for Max. My old partner, Aubrey Huff, gets into it. All I know is this. Everybody says he's the biggest tough guy in the world. Like Adrian Sampson, I don't even, who is he? His quote is, if it bothered him, it sure did. I'm not going to lie. There's no place for that in this game. Just disrespectful when he takes his time like that. I'll let him know. I mean, who are you? Let's be honest. I mean, at least Bumgarner has the track record. But are these guys all just going to get mad and want to fight after every single time they give up a home run? We're having record home runs hit year after year after year. You have the ability to play the game your way. And Mad Bum was a total hypocrite after the game where he said, hey, that's fine for them to do what they want to do, but I need to be allowed to do it the way I want to do it. Well, wait a minute. You got mad because he did it the way he wanted to do it. That's why this whole thing started. If you're okay with these guys doing it the way they want to do it, why do you keep challenging guys when they hit home runs off you? And when are you going to throw a punch? When are you actually going to throw down the glove and go challenge a guy instead of barking at a guy? Until you do that, you are a fake tough guy. And all your teammates can talk about how tough you are, but until you actually throw down the glove and actually actually throw, some, throw a fist, all you've been your entire career is all talk. And that's been a great career. And I don't doubt, because I know Aubrey, and he's told me stories, I don't doubt that Bumgarner is not a country-strong, fight-anybody type of guy, but it's all words. But is this, is, is, is this what's good for the game? I mean, hell, you want to get like hockey? That, that night, you want to talk about interesting, that'd be interesting. Everybody stay away. Nobody, no, you, you two want to go after it for a little bit, and the first guy that falls down, they'll, they'll, they'll stop it like in hockey. All right. You guys want to go that way? Because to me, I know the majority of these guys are the biggest fake tough guys. You got to realize so many of these professional athletes, these guys have gotten their you-know-what kiss their entire life. That's why I've always laughed at, like, the NBA. These NBA guys. These NBA guys grew up there so much taller than everybody else. No one challenged them. These guys don't know how to fight. There was in Barkley. Barkley and Shaq went after each other. Shaq had the biggest telegraphed punch that wouldn't have hit anybody, and Barkley just ducked, and they grabbed each other and rolled on the ground. Most of these guys have not been in a fight in so long. Plus, why would you? What is the point? You want to break your hand? H- how do you win that? 
You really, I mean, how about, how about all these pitchers that have just been morons over the years who come in after getting roughed up and they punch the dugout? Remember our friend Drew Pomeranz? And you break your hand. And then all of a sudden, you can't play. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. And I've been trying to say this for a long time. Fans are cool with it. You're going to have a lot of media people who are cool with it. But not everybody's going to be cool with, with, with bat flipping and styling it and profiling it and, and, and watching it. Some pitchers are just not. I mean, it's, it's you have to realize if you're going to do it, you could get thrown at. That's just a reality. Whether you think it's right or it's wrong, you can say, oh, these guys are no fun. Yeah, you're right. They are no fun because there's no rules about it. There's no rules what you can do after you hit a home run. There's no rules what a pitcher can do or how can he hot dog it after he strikes you out. I mean, we all love Dennis Eckersley. Was there a bigger hot dog than him on the mound pointing at everybody he struck out? That took him to the Hall of Fame. It's like we need that. We need some guidelines here. I want to play Chris Russo. Chris Russo, who is a huge Giants fan, even he, Chris Russo, Mad Dog Radio, MLB Network, even Chris Russo is tired of Mad Bum's act. I'm Madison Bumgarner, okay, folks? I am sick of it. This is absolutely absurd that he has a, a conniption when somebody, you know, hits a line drive somewhere or, God forbid, hit a ball out of a ballpark and look at it for a half a second too long. This is Mac Mun Max Muncy. This is not that big a deal. He hit a big home run. He's allowed to get excited. And I got Madison Bumgarner with that hot temper is telling Max Muncy what he should do. What is he, Christy Matheson all of a sudden? Sandy Kovacs? Whether it's Puig, whoever it might be, I am so sick of Madison Bumgarner picking fights with everybody knowing the man. He's not, he's not even a Hall of Fame pitcher yet. I mean, now you got to calm down. It drives you crazy. And I thought Muncie had a very nice explanation. And you tell me if Muncie sounds like a bad kid when you see this little post game yesterday on the field after the Dodgers beat the Giants 1-0 in Bumgarner. Listen up. I hit the ball, and then he yelled at me. He said, don't watch the ball. You run. Um, and I just responded back, uh, you know, if you, want, if you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. Uh, you know, he just he kept mouthing off. I told him to come, you know. Come get it, but uh, um, you know he's competitor. He was just fired up about it. Uh, um, you know, I don't. I definitely hope this doesn't turn into a Puig thing because I don't want that on my shoulders. But uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, just him competing out there, and uh, um, you know, he, he was upset. He made a bad pitch, and, um, and that's all there was to it. Nice job by Muncie. Handled that beautifully. And Bumgarner is just driving me crazy. Got to calm down. All right, enough. All right, that you that somehow it's a. It's an insult if you give up a home run. You are not that good, all right? I'm sorry. I mean, I know World Series. I get it. If your career ended today, you're not going to the Hall of Fame. You're not that good. Drives you crazy. That was Mad Dog, and I agree with him. Coming up next, we'll ask Cliff Floyd, who hit a lot of home runs in his day, about he how he feels about this. When can you bat flip? When you can't? When should a player be mad? It's all ridiculous. We'll ask him next. Cliff Floyd from the MLB Network will join us right here on A's Cast Live. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. 
Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or co-workers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shive Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com groups. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. We're getting you ready for a very good series here at the Trop. It's the Rays against the A's coming up here in just a little bit on A's cast. And now joining me is a guy that whenever I heard he was on the trading block, I would be like, oh, man, I wish he would come to the A's because he had power. He could do it all defensively. He had a phenomenal career, and now he's a terrific broadcaster for the MLB Network. Cliff Floyd is with us. Cliff, thank you for taking the time. No doubt. Thanks for having me, my man. You know, when I think about the Rays, and I just start looking at the numbers as they're tied for the American League East, they're third best in run differential, they're third best in batting average, they're number one in ERA, they're third fewest uh, errors in the game. Cliff, just talk about how fundamentally sound these Tampa Bay Rays are. You know what? I mean, when, when you put it like that, man, there's so much that goes into a philosophy that I think they're preaching down there in Tampa, and... I think everybody is trying to bottle that up and sort of steal their formula because it works. And if you can get guys without looking at the names on the back of the jerseys to understand that they don't have to be about that, I think that makes the most sense of, of trying to get the organization consistently, you know, doing things the right way and head in the right direction. Because if you're going to tell me that, you know, uh, Kevin Cash, when we talk about all these, you know, managers are getting opportunities, whether they manage, have managerial experience or not, it doesn't matter anymore. Can you can you can you lead young men? And if you can lead young men to to follow your philosophy as they're doing in Tampa, I think it just works. And all those things you preach are the to me the sexiest things in the game because that's going to put you in a W column way more than the L column. Just be playing together and understand the importance of fundamentals. You know, so many teams that we have today are built on on-base percentage and walking and hitting home runs. Yeah. And I was talking to Bob Melvin today, and he's going, listen, these guys steal bases. These guys hit behind the runners. They hit and run. They play small ball. They can play long ball. How tough is it to play a team that can really do everything? It's very tough. Just ask the Boston Red Sox. And I think, you know, you know, that's a great question because, you know, if I told you, well, you know, the most important thing in the game – on defense is getting a good jump on the ball, you go, <laughs> you're crazy. But when you think about the importance of getting good jumps on baseball, that, that don't mean just necessarily being an outfielder. That means infielders getting themselves in the right position to throw the ball across the diamond. That means knowing the situation before it happens, of if I'm going home with a play because I think the game is going to be tight enough and got to cut a run down. All these scenarios plays out in the big league ball game in nine innings. And when you watch the Rays play, they're always in a ball game because they're going to do little things right to, to scratch a run here, to hit a ball off the wall, to get a guy to who struck who struck out three times in the game, to get a guy over to third base and get a man from third base in less than two outs. So when I watched them play, and I literally the other night watched them in Boston, it's just it's just the looking on, on their faces, 
of Kiermaier not getting the guy in from third base. Okay, that happens. But also looking at how they go about playing their games and how, you know, Kevin Cash puts these guys in positions and I always say, well, you know, does any does every manager put their, their guys in positions to be failures? No. It's just understanding his personnel and what they can do, and that in itself is in a great position to be successful, and that's why they win it. He's a World Series champion and all-star, does a great job on the MLB Network. Cliff Floyd with us here on A's Cast Live, and I think about the athletics at 33 and 33. When you played that many games and you're at 500, what does that tell you about this ball club? Um, they've dealt with a lot of adversity. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is they've had a long win streak. Um, you look at the star players in the middle, they, they, and they've missed, you know, they they missed a lot of time amongst the guys that have been injured. And I think the IL list has been something that if, you, if you're if you an A's fan and you're watching this team, because a, a lot of us on the East Coast won't get a chance to see the A's play a lot, right? You just, you just don't get the chance to see them unless they come this way, obviously, uh, they're on a grueling 10-day trip as, 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 we, as we talk right now. But I think they've had so much adversity. When you lose, a, when you lose your star pitchers, guys got to fill in. You got a guy making his debut today in Tanner Anderson. These are things where you have to overcome throughout the season. So when you look, look at the 500 I mean, um, record now, it's just letting you know that they've missed time. And then, you're, and then when you look at Chris Davis, Chris Davis just hit his, th- his third home in, what, about 30, 40 games the other day on t- uh, Sunday. Th- these are things that when you look at the A's team, if they're going to be 20 games over 500, you need your, you need your star pitchers pitching. You need your positional players raking. A lot of things have to happen. And if it's not, yeah, you've always been able to find guys to fill in. It's just sometimes you're going to succumb to that. You mentioned Chris Davis, and, yeah, he finally hit the home run. And, you know, hasn't hit a whole lot of home runs since he signed that contract extension. Obviously, he had the problem with the hip when he ran into the wall in Pittsburgh. Right. But but when guys sign contract extensions, we never know how the money's going to affect them. Are they going to try and earn that contract in every at-bat? What was it like for you in your career when you did get a raise and and how you performed after it? Yeah, you know what? You, just, you, you really don't know. I know one thing. <clears throat> the emotions take over to not allow you to stay human. Um, it's just it's just humanly impossible. I think you try so much and so hard, uh, and you want everything to in your in your in your body to show everybody that you're worth everything that you just got, and it don't work. And as soon as you say, you know what, I can't please everybody, I can't do this anymore, you go back to raking, and and, and that's what happened for me. I, I you know I remember. The first month, it was horrific. And you're trying your best to make sure that, you know what, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't say anything wrong. I don't, I don't, I don't do anything wrong. Um, I want these guys to know that they signed the guys not only on the field but off the field. You're thinking way too much. And I, if you watch him play as, as you do every, every night, you're probably seeing some of those things with how Chris is going about the game. We know he's not going to be a high average guy. But the guy that, that doesn't miss those pitches that are hangers or don't miss some pitches that he that he socks to right center field, he's not doing that right now because I think he's trying to do too much. You know, over the weekend we had a couple instances, one with the A's against the Rangers where Canna hit the ball off Sampson and he wasn't happy that he watched it for a second or two and then started around the bases and he was chirping at Canna. At Canna. And then, of course, Max Muncy and what happened with Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> Bumgarner's done this all the time. Like, what – where are we this with this oh, and man. watching home runs and pitchers? And what's your view? Where should we? How should we be handling this going forward? You know what? You know it's time to stop. You know treating this as so serious, and you and you have you know you you, you having these these stare downs and conversations. You, you're ticked off because a guy just hit you 500 feet. Okay, I get it, but tell me you know, that you're really concerned about a guy that comes out the box after he gets the ball and does anything he wants to do. Now, when you when you watch some guys do it, you go, okay, that might be too much. But what's too much? Like, I just don't I just don't think that, and I'm going to put myself in a pitcher's shoes because I, I, that's exactly how I want to see it. If I gave up a 500-foot homer, do you think I'm mad at the hitter or do you think I, was, I just made a horrible mistake of a pitch? 
Like I just put my team in a bind if I if I if I gave that team the lead or I gave up the lead or it's just a regular you know solo homer and a and a one nothing lead. What what how does that how does that play into me being able to chirp to a guy that I could care less? I mean he hit a ball 500 feet. That's part of the game. We've seen the game change. Uh, these unwritten rules of doing this and doing that. You know what makes you be able to tell me what I can and can't do once I hit a ball small. And vice versa, if you strike me out and you you throw your hands up and your gloves come off, I, I'm still going to look at you like, you know what I'm going to say? If I get a chance to hit you the next at bat, better believe I'm going to show up just like, I'm going to show out just like you. And that to me is the part of the game where I enjoy. I really do. I enjoy watching these dudes have fun. I think it's, it's, it's something where, you know, you, you feeling like so many emotions every day for 180 plus days. I'm, I'm p- taking that path of 152 is what's wrong with showing some emotion? It's every day you're doing something you love to do, and when you do something well, because it's not going to last long because we know it's a game of failure, then let me be me. And I think that's the problem, you know, these, these dudes are having. They're so caught up in the old school way that they're not enjoying themselves. Yeah, isn't having fun going to resonate more with the younger fans and help build a younger fan base for this game? 150%. And, and until we realize that, we're going to still have the foolishness going on. And thank goodness we don't have these guys throwing at each other because, you know, that, that to me is where you cross the line. Like, I mean, do you, do you seriously have, a, a, you know, the accuracy to throw a ball and try to hit me in my butt, but maybe you hit me in my head? Like, let, let, let's stop this junk and, and, and have some fun and enjoy the fact that we can pay a ton of money to have some fun and win ball games. You know, I was thinking if you were playing today, and they were shifting on you because I think they'd shift you. How would you handle that? How would you attack the defense in the shift? I would hit 350. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I, you know what? I, I have enough pride in my body to know that I, I, I just know how I think. I would rather hit 350 with 20 homers and 100 RBIs. And I think that in itself is where you 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 look at these guys today and you wonder to yourself, why can't hmm, why 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 can't they think that way? Why do you think you have to hit through the shit? Why do you think you have to do some of these things that you're saying these guys do? Because if you if you watch the game closely like I do these days, they shift you and still pitch you away. It's not like they shift you and pound you in. And I'm talking about left hand hitter like I was. I would say, hold up. I'm watching these dudes still pitch me away, and you still going to shift me and have one guy sitting there at shortstop? No, no way. I'm going to hit 315. Yeah, I'm going to move y'all back around slowly but surely. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I've actually seen it in a couple series traveling with the team where Chris Davis hits a couple ground balls to second. No one's there for base hits. It changed the shift. I saw a couple of the Rangers in our last series – even just attempt to bunts change how the shift. So if, if players would just adjust, the defenses would adjust. Unfortunately, we're not seeing a whole lot of that. Hey, Cliff, thank you so much for, for the time. Loved you as a player. You're doing a fantastic job on the MLB Network, and we'd love to have you on again. No, oh, man, anytime, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Cliff Floyd was a fantastic outfielder back in the day, a World Series champion and an all-star. That's the kind of good stuff you're going to be getting here all the time on A's Cast Live. These Rays are no joke. I'm telling you right now, the numbers are phenomenal. Over their last 162 games, they're 101 and 61. They're legit. This is going to be a good battle. Mark Tobkin from the Tampa Bay Times is going to join me next right here on A's Cast Live. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com slash community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. 
With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A-Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A-Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Wow. So you guys landed it for? You got to tell it for. It's A's Cast Live here on A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. Mark Tomkin from the Tampa Bay Times now joins me as uh, we've both had some flight issues the past uh, the, in the past 24 hours. Yeah, I uh, was on my way from Boston to Tampa this morning and. Uh, the airport bright and early 6 30 looking cheery as always as you can imagine and uh, that flight ended up in orlando because of the bad weather it kind of camped over tampa airport today and sat on the ground in orlando for a while deciding whether they were going to bus us or drive us or whatever they were going to do i guess and then decided to gas up the plane and flew us back over so if you ever need to know in a bar bed it's 22 minutes takeoff to touchdown flying orlando to tampa yeah i'm thinking that's like 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 from la to san diego that's a quick little flight yeah or maybe oakland to san francisco i don't know and depending on that but no it was kind of a weird day but uh we're here and ready to see some baseball and some interesting uh two interesting teams really yeah well i, I think about the rays and they're just so fundamentally sound i have all these numbers uh, about what they do and it doesn't matter if it's batting average it doesn't matter if it's defense it doesn't matter if it's era starters era or relievers ERA, it's just they are a very fundamentally sound baseball team. And in today's baseball, when we don't have a lot of fundamentally sound teams, there's a reason why they're 40 and 24. Yeah, and, you know, they do a lot of things, and they get a lot of attention for the things they do differently. And, and certainly, you know, using the opener stands out the most, how they manage their pitching staff. You know, they rotate guys in the leadoff spot, things like that. But I, I think you're right, Chris. At the core of this is they play a pretty crisp game of baseball. I mean, it's built on pitching and defense, and, and whomever the pitcher is, whatever innings he's working, they still need guys who throw strikes, you know, get their strikeouts, but also don't put a lot of guys on, don't walk a lot of guys, and then it's predicated on playing good defense. And, yeah, we've seen it go away at times where they do make some mistakes, and it usually costs them, and especially when they play the better teams. But you know, you'll see, uh, you know, over the next couple of days here, I mean, they're outfielders, especially, of course, Kiermaier, but even, you know, Austin Meadows, Tommy Pham. I mean, they run down a lot of balls. Evisel Garcia's been having a great year. It's going to be end up being a great signing for three and a half million bucks. They picked him up when they didn't get a couple other guys they had explored, such as Nelson Cruz. And, and then the infield has been really good. I mean, Brandon Laos turned himself into a pretty good second baseman. Uh, Adamus is off tonight. I mean, he had a rough weekend offensively, but he pl still plays some pretty good defense for them for the most part. Uh, first and third, a little shaky. I mean, G-Man Choi, Yandy Diaz, uh, how they line those guys up. They're not quite as 
uh, adept defensively, but the rest of the team's pretty good. And then uh, Mike Zanino behind the plate, you guys are familiar with from his days in Seattle, obviously. And then they just brought in recently Travis Darno, and he's going to stick around now. The guy that had that backup job got sent to AAA when he came off the injured list today, Michael Perez. So when, when we're talking about the opener, ever since they started using it with Sergio Garcia was the first guy to throw out there. They had the best ERA after that in the American League, and they continue to use it. They continue to have the best ERA in the American League. Why does everybody else more around 500 with it or below 500? But the Rays, they do it. They figured it out. How does it work here better than everywhere else? Uh, you know, I... I in all honesty, I don't know if it's that they do it differently or better. They certainly have a little better understanding maybe of, of how to make it more effective. But also, it's two pitches on the other days. I mean, when you got Charlie Morton and Blake Snell pitching on the other days and Tyler Glassnatural, he got hurt, that helps your ERA too. So that's a part a factor here. But you know, I think when they've used the opener, uh, it doesn't always work. But they try to make it so there's a contrast in styles. You know, and I think you'll see it tomorrow most likely unless something goes unscheduled tonight is – you know, they've got Jalen Beeks, who's kind of a softer-throwing lefty, is going to pitch what they call the bulk innings. I know I, the A's were trying to call it the bridge guy last year, and, you know, that's, someone's going to come up with the right name the here. Follower the follower now. follower, the premier <laughs> pitcher. We've heard all these different things. The Rays just call it the bulk guy because he pitches the bulk of the innings. And But, you know, Jalen Beeks is a kind of soft-throwing lefty. He'll be the bulk guy tomorrow. So they'll probably use Ryan Stanek as the opener, who's a really hard-throwing righty. So you got a guy throwing 100 miles an hour, you know, to start the game and everything's usually down and low. And then you got a guy who's going to come in after him who's a lefty kind of soft tosser who gets people out by elevating and spinning some breaking pitches and stuff like that. So if you're a hitter, you can imagine how contrasting a style that is. And then Beeks only goes four innings or so usually. And then one of those hard-throwing righties will come in behind him. So it really kind of messes with the, the psyche, the planning, the strategy, the comfort level of the hitters. They may see, you know, depending on how the game goes, a hitter could see four different pitchers in all four of his at-bats tomorrow night. And I think about Stanek, his numbers as, a, as an opener are now far better than his as a reliever. Is that strange? Well, I, I think he's gotten very comfortable in that role. And, and that's not even necessarily a great thing because Kevin Cash has kind of hinted at this as times where, you know, he also has to be able to pitch in the seventh and eighth inning. I mean, maybe he's not a ninth inning guy, but he's got to be a seventh inning guy, an eighth inning guy. And you're right. He's, it's almost like in his mind, that's his role as the opener. And when he gets in a game, which they try to use him, you know, in some other situations, higher leverage situations, it hasn't gone as well. So he may be in a weird way. Well, it looks like a success story of the opener system. It also in a weird way may have you know, stunted him a little bit. And we've talked about that too. I mean, Ryan Yarborough won 16 games last year, most of those pitching behind an opener, but you know, was that the right thing for his development as a pitcher? Because, you know, you talk to the people who are opposed to this and they'll say, well, you're, telling the guy you don't trust him to go through the lineup three times by orchestrating this setup. So, you know, how it plays out and even how it's going to affect guys in salary when some of these guys get to arbitration a couple of years from now, and they don't have the traditional numbers, but there's still a lot of this to unfold, but yeah, long, long winded answer to your question is the Rays know how to use it. I think they've kind of collected enough data, figured out when it works, when it doesn't. I mean, they tried it with Johnny Venner's one game last year that wanted to start a lefty and then bring in a hard throwing righty behind him and, Johnny Venter, veteran guy who's pitching the playoffs and stuff like that when he's with the Braves, it was just mess. He just was not suited for that role. And they were like, okay, it takes a certain guy to be able to do it too. And that's part of it, I think. And, and this dance, I know that the A's have dealt with and quite a few teams is, you know, you, you feel like your bullpen's your strength. And all of a sudden, you don't want your starters to go big innings. But then all of a sudden, once you start wearing out your bullpen, now you start talking, well, we need more innings from the starters. It's like, well... It's like this weird dance, and I've talked to Bob Melvin about it in so many different teams. I mean, in the end, you do need to get innings out of your starters or you'll burn these bullpens out. Well, or you do what the Rays have been doing, and, and you know the Dodgers do it, and I think more teams probably do it than, than we know here, is you have kind of an 18-man pitching staff because you shuffle two or three guys in all the time. Whenever you need a fresh arm, you bring somebody up, have a bunch of optionable relievers, and the Rays do that all the time. I mean... I think Casey Sadler's been up and down five times now. Austin Pruitt's been up and down five times now. They have these guys, and, you know, it takes a little bit of orchestration because you do have the 10-day limit where you have to stay in the minors for 10 days. But, you know, if there's an injury or there's a trade or there's a guy on a, you know, 26th man, I mean, you can kind of get around the rules a little bit. But that's one thing that the Rays have done is they've expanded that roster. We used to talk about under Joe Madden, they had 25 guys, but they played like they had 28 because they had all these guys play multiple positions. Well, I think they have a – 
13-man pitching staff that seems like a 17 or 18-man pitching staff because they use a guy two or three days in a row, they'll send him down and bring somebody else up. Well, whatever they're doing, it's brilliant because <laughs> you're, in, you're in a division that, I mean, this is the arms race. I mean, this is the Red Sox. This is the Yankees. This is a big money division. And the fact that they're, they're always, I just read it before you came on, the last 162 games, they're 101 and 61. I mean, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And, and I look at it, the A's and the Rays are very similar. I mean, it's almost—it's almost like looking in a mirror. Do you see it that way? Absolutely. And you know, there've been a couple of players that have played for both organizations. I mean, Sam Fold, who is a big favorite, obviously among the media here, and I'm sure when he was with the A's, it was as well. And Joey Wendell, who's on the injury list right now for the Rays, he could be back this weekend. But you talk to some guys who've played in both organizations, and that's exactly what they tell you. And you know, Dan Feinstein, who worked here for the Rays and is a key guy in the front office for the A's now. And you know, there's a lot of a couple of these crossover situations, but I do think that. The basic principle, if you want to oversimplify it, and, and Billy and Eric Neander, the Rays GM, I'm sure would cringe to hear it, but it's get the most out of the least you can, and that's what they do. They get the most out of the least. They do it with low payroll. They do it with you know guys that other teams don't want, whether they're you know the teams give up on them. I mean, look at the Rays. I mean, Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass actually got hurt. Both have been kind of given up upon by the Pirates. You know, Glass now been moved to middle relief. Meadows was up and down, up and down. He wasn't getting an opportunity there. The Rays get them both in the Chris Archer trade. And, you know, if they hadn't, if Glasgow hadn't gotten hurt, they probably would be the Rays' two All-Stars this year. I mean, it's just, you know, the A's do the same thing. Find value in other places. Find guys that don't fit with other teams. You know, let them do their thing here. Low-key atmosphere. You know, managers that really do a great job relating to the players. You know, don't impose a ton of rules and just kind of go with the flow. I think there's a ton of similarities. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm surprised the A's are at 500. I think they have a better team than that. The team that won 97 games last year, I mean, a lot of these guys are back. I think, you know, talking to some Rays people today, they fully expect the A's to get on a roll at some point because they're just better than they've shown. And I think the number one thing, ballpark. And right now I know with the A's, Dave Cavill, our president, and you know how tough it is to build in California, my God. He just keeps getting votes after votes, after stuff passed. It just, it, it, it now for the first time really feels real that the A's are going to get something done on the water in 2023. Because I've been doing this a long time, and I've seen a ton of renderings. I've seen a ton of plans. And, but this is finally starting to get real. Where are your, the Rays with getting a new ballpark? Well, it, it's funny because the A's were ahead for a while, and then like their last previous thing kind of blew up. And then the Rays looked like they were making a lot of progress. They unveil, unveiled a lot of really cool renderings. Last year, they're going to build in Tampa, in Ybor City, kind of a historic part of Tampa. And it looked like that was going to happen. And uh, obviously, you know Susan Slusser and yeah. John Shea really well, too, from the Chronicle. And John and I kind of have this thing whenever we go to the All-Star Games and we talk to the commissioners. You know, we both are asking them the same question. What do you think about the Rays? What do you think about the A's, their stadium situation? So we've kind of had this little derby. And it seemed like the Rays were ahead. Then that blew up at the winter meetings this past year. The Rays pulled the plug on that. And now it looks like the A's are ahead. So... For the Rays, they're in a situation where there's nothing active in Tampa. They lost. They had a window to talk to uh, Tampa people. That expired at the end of the year. The mayor of St. Pete wants them to build on this site, not right here, probably in the parking lot kind of thing, build a new stadium here, and he thinks he can make them a really good offer, which he probably can because they've got them. You guys have probably seen there's a whole all kinds of development going on in St. Pete right now. It's got a great nightlife. It's got a ton of new condos and apartments, high-end, low-end restaurants, bars. It's really becoming a very vibrant area. He wants them to rebuild here, but the attendance is going to make that. I mean, you know, they had 5,000 for game in the last homestand. They had 6,000, two lowest crowds in franchise history. So I think that's not going to work. So then it's going to evolve into, will they get permission to look in Tampa again? So, you know, the clock's ticking on this. The lease expires in 2027. The owner, uh, Stu Sternberg, has made it clear that, you know, by 2023 or so, he needs to know where they're going to be in 2028 because if they're moving, they got to have a stadium being built somewhere. So I think, you know, it's headed toward resolution in some form here in the next couple of years. I think they're going to have to know, you know, as far as the A's, you know, from, I agree, we've seen, it sounds good, but I also would say at some point with all the, the political stuff and all the votes Dave has gotten at some point, the money has to be there too. And I'm sure that'll be the next big hurdle. And, you know, there's ballpark fatigue, both, both fan bases, no question. And that's something that, because part of what we're doing here with Ace Cast is, is we have a thing called the build and I have Dave Cavill on every two weeks. And Dave has mentioned, he understands that there's ballpark fatigue, but we do know this, 
Baseball wants to not move. They want to expand. They want to go to 32 like the NFL. So for them to do that, the Rays and the A's have to be taken care of, right? They do, and the commissioner has been very clear on that. But And it's also, you could even take that a step further, is whatever the two expansion cities are, let's just say Las Vegas and Montreal for the sake of this interview right now that uh, we're having this conversation. If there's a set fee of, you know, $2 billion, which may be a little high, but that's the expansion fee to go to Montreal and Las Vegas. If the Rays or A's don't work their stuff out and they move there, why would the owners want to let those guys reap the benefits of these incredibly good markets that they think are going to become very uh, beneficial for expansion and let the A's or the Rays have that? I think they'd rather get these situations figured out. The A's are obviously part of a huge TV market. The Rays are, depending on which list you look at, 10th, 11th, 12th biggest TV market here in the Tampa Bay area. Why would baseball want to give those up to move these teams elsewhere when they can put teams in those other markets anyway and reap a giant fee for that? They learned that from the NFL. The NFL owners have made a lot of money by allowing guys either to establish new or allowing guys to move. But you wouldn't reap, you're so right. You'll reap way more money as an owner if a new franchise pops up versus moving the A's in the race. Hey, Mark, we really appreciate the time. Uh, fascinating stuff. And we'll, let's do this again when you guys come to Oakland. Sounds good. Great appreciate stuff. It. Thank right, you man. so much. You got it. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Looking to take A's Cast on the road with you on your next road trip? Head over to athletics.com slash podcasts and you can download episodes of Taking Effect, Green and Gold History, A Season on the Road, and more. Visit athletics.com slash podcasts today. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Hey kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stomper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Now back to A's cast live. Broadcasting from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. That was a pretty fascinating interview right there, I got to tell you. Mark is one of those guys that... He's up to date on ballpark issues, and he's been the one trying to cover everything here in this area to get the Rays a new stadium. The same thing as our own Susan Slusser and John Shea, as he mentioned from the San Francisco Chronicle. You know, it's the, the do I, I've actually heard this before. You probably heard it before too. The the dueling questions to the commissioner uh, when they have their shot to do it at the All Star break. But yeah. I've said this for years, and I believe it. These two franchises are like mere images of each other. And there's been a lot of success. That, that's also the big part, is they've been able to do more with less than other teams around Major League Baseball. And right now, Tampa is feeling it, as they are they're just incredible. They're having an incredible run. And, you know, it was the A's that – kept them out of the wild card last year. But both of these franchises, nobody wants to play these franchises. That's the thing. It's like, it, it's tough. I mean, how, many, how many teams that are in bigger, big markets have new stadiums and they're, they're rebuilding. And then you have someone like the A's come in or the Rays come in and spank them for a three, four game set. And these other fan bases go, Hey, wait a minute. Why are we winning? These guys are winning. They don't have a new ballpark. When was when was the trot built? 
1987. The Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, 1966. So you're looking at two old facilities. And I got to tell you, being here for the first time, it's not as bad as I think it looks on television. On television, everybody kind of gives it a bad rap because nobody's here. But trust me, you would not want to have the roof open. It rains. They had a horrible storm today. There's rain. That's the thing about they're going to need a retractable roof, just like what we saw in Texas, where you can keep the rain away and you can control the temperature inside. But I'll tell you what, now that I've been here, this place isn't that bad. They need a new stadium. Don't get me wrong. But I would say this. I rather I rather have this than what they have in Texas. Texas, we were lucky that it rained. We had the rain delay because Texas was supposed to be about 97 degrees. The rain cooled it down to in the 70s. We didn't have that rain. It would have been miserable. So I, I, I'd rather be indoors than sit out in – because let's face it, it's Florida. It's hot. It's muggy. It's, hu- it's humid. Here you can come inside. It's air-conditioned, and everything's nice. Okay, that is going to do it for A's Cast Live. We're going to be back tomorrow at the same time. We'll have a great show for you once again. Coming up next, we're going to have Alex Jensen with A's all night. And then we'll have A's Total Access starting right here on A's Cast. We'll see everybody tomorrow, but make sure you listen in. Vinny and I on the play-by-play, game one between the A's and the Rays. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.